Grey's Anatomy, the most iconic binge-worthy drama, is back, along with answers to the biggest cliffhangers. Will Teddy survive? Will Joe and Link finally find happiness together? Meredith returns along with fan faves like Arizona. You can now stream every episode of Grey's ever on Hulu and new episodes next day. Watch new episodes of Grey's Anatomy Thursdays at 9, 8 central on ABC and stream on Hulu. This episode is brought to you by Bumble. So you want to find someone you're compatible with, specifically someone who's ready for a serious connection, totally open to having kids in the future, is a tall rock climbing Libra, and loves rom-coms with vegan pizzas on Tuesdays just as much as you do. Bumble knows that you know exactly what's right for you. So whatever it is you're looking for, Bumble's features can help you find it. Date now on Bumble. Everyone talks about their desert island tunes and uh, and what they could listen to over and over again. And but yeah. that's that's at the top of my list. That's a great song. Yeah, I know. We had, uh, Eli, Eli Brady was our wow. Uh, yeah, are you familiar with the magic that is Eli Braden? I I feel like I know that name. If you're a Stern fan, you've definitely heard that name because he has written a lot of odes to Robin's tits. Um, all the robin's titty songs every robin's he's just he's an all-star and uh, (laughs) and apart from that an all-around great guy uh, you got him you got him to work clean for you guys that's huge yeah yeah Yeah. we have the and we have the uh the one that uh the tipper with the tipper gore label that we're not (laughs) yeah he took time out from his busy titty writing song schedule to yeah that out for us so yeah we're very honored thank you on the podcast I, I just to talk to him. It yeah, would be good. But we don't need him today. No, we never need him. Because we, we we have each other, but also we have a great guest. Would you like to introduce our guest? Because I feel like you know Sam better than I do. Oh God, I gave part of it away. <laughs> <laughs> You've already fucking Not ruined it, Danny. Exists. Yeah. Damn it. Well, one of my favorite stand-ups of all time right now. I mean, like you're the seriously one of the best working comics there is right now. Thank is Sam you. Morrell like thank I, you i i just started working again like a week ago this is crazy <laughs> you have, yeah <laughs> thanks, welcome, for, thanks for saying that and, and thanks no, for having me yeah i'm telling you i discussed your specials that you've you've had come out on youtube that i'm so impressed with you and also with mark norman with y'all's ability to keep doing comedy during this past year like every time I'll see a video, it's like you're on a rooftop, he's at a park, or y'all are just, <laughs> you Mark is, to like. Mark is like my oldest like, friend and com- one of my oldest friends in comedy. And we used to, I've had so many drunk nights with him where, where I'm like, did you get Montreal this year? And he's like, no, did you? And I'm like, no. And there's so many nights where, where I'm just like, you're lying, you're going. He's like, no, I'm not. There's so many nights that I've shared with him that he's like, he just fuels me, that guy, because he's such a hard worker. And, I've watched him get all the rejections, but all the good stuff too. So I, I that makes me feel extra close to Mark, you know. Oh, that's amazing! Yeah. It's uh, you, you'll, you'll, I, I definitely know the people like who I came up with on my side of the business, and and it was, and you're right. It's like surrounding yourselves with people who 
are really working hard is the key. I mean, I, I and, and that, a lot of that is luck. You know, you happen to find yourself at the right place in the right time because, you know, you, you, you can, I, I have other friends who, who, who sort of, I knew had the potential, but they just, their, their crew is just not motivated, phoning it in. Mark is hardcore. You can even tell he's hardcore by how he does his stand-up. Like there's not there's not five seconds without a laugh. There's like anxiety in his writing. You can feel it. I mean, he needs a laugh. He needs to be. So I was with my friend yesterday, Matt Salak, who he directed my rooftop special, and he yeah. we were just walking around. He was telling me a story about Mark where they were they kept getting bothered by a crazy guy in Times Square, and the guy kept bothering him. Finally, Mark turns to the guy and goes, "Hey, we're breaking up." And the guy was like, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. That's fantastic. But Matt said that was just for me. That was, I was the only person that joke was for, you know, but. That's, I love, those are my favorite jokes. I, the one, I love one, it. I'll do it in an elevator to embarrass a friend or just. Right. Uh, absolutely. That's uh, without a doubt. One of my favorite things. Um, so. I would say that response also was probably one of the few things that would shut a crazy person down. Like, yes, there's not a lot of things you could say to a crazy person that makes them just go, oh, shit. My <laughs> wow. Thoughts and prayers for you. You know, like. Yeah, I mean, Mark is is definitely a guy. It's you got to surround yourself like you were saying, you got to surround yourself with those people that are that are hungry and, and just want to be. He's so driven by, you know, not by like just success, but like I want to be good at stand up. So that's yeah, that's a good reason to keep them around always no I, I, <laughs> y'all have a podcast together too right we just started a podcast together called we might be drunk because i was like this is a good disclaimer if we say anything horrible <laughs> like we might have been drunk uh so uh yeah we we just we have a it's kind of based on that idea that mark and i used to uh we used to hang out every night but then you start doing the road and you kind of start featuring for comics and you start headlining for comics and then you kind of get one night a week together or two nights a week sure. and we and it would start with like all right one drink and then it would turn into like all right one more drink and then <laughs> we'd look at each other it was like 6 a.m in the fat black pussycat which is you know the satellite room <laughs> right. of the comedy cellar and and we'd be like oh no one threw us out we're just here <laughs> you know <laughs> so that was that was kind of the premise of the podcast is just like how we just never could we it's so many nights when you're kind of you, we say like you got to get those vents out when you're frustrated about the business because you don't want to be walking around bitter because people yeah, smell right. that stink on you but you got to oh, get sure. the vents out because I mean, I, how many times we just feel passed over and like, you know, you say we put our specials on YouTube, but we felt like we had to. That's that's the cool thing about doing stand up today, you know, in like the 80s, 90s, whatever. You had to wait for HBO or yeah. whoever to tap you. But now, you know, I still shop it around. I was just curious, but it was all no. So it's just like, well, I'm still making it. I'm not going to just I get so sick of material and I just. I feel like once it's overcooked, it's, I, I don't want to, I don't want to keep telling the jokes. Yeah. yeah. We just did a, we just last week were talking about our own, like, sort of like, you know, I, I dealt with like a, like a running up against the gatekeeper on a project that a fright by all rights should have gone. It was like, and I, and it was really kind of, I couldn't, like, I hadn't felt, I was like, Oh, I can still feel rejected. I hadn't felt that in a long time. And, and it was like, and Oh, really unfair. Oh, that's right. This is like a uh, testicle pain. Uh, and, <laughs> and I do, I, I, you know, so yeah, I mean, anytime you can kind of go around the gatekeepers, it's amazing what, you know, like that these options are open to people like that weren't open when, you know, and certainly when I was coming up, 
it's uh, it's great that you're taking advantage of it, man. I really respect it's funny. That. Like, well, some people told me not to do it, but then other people, I remember I was talking to Jim Gaffigan one night at Gotham and I was like, I don't know what to do. No one will buy my special. And he said, yeah. just release it. Just put it out. He's like, how do you think? He kept saying, how do you think Sebastian blew up? It wasn't, no one watches Showtime. It wasn't a Showtime special that blew him up. His right. clips just kept going viral. He's like, clips, just keep clipping them. And I was like, all right. Exactly. So. I'm, I'm glad you said it because I've had, you know, issues where I don't want to post, you know, like maybe the laugh factor will go, Hey, can we post this clip of you? And I'm like, ah, that joke. I don't really want, I don't know that I want other people to hear it yet. <laughs> or like, well, do you, do you have a thing of like, what if somebody stole your material or if it was, would you rather get ahead of it? Like, I don't know. Like, yeah. I think they're going to steal it anyway. From people. <laughs> I think that's a good attitude. I, I, I have the same <laughs> yeah. attitude. Yeah. People are going to steal your shit anyway. And yeah can't be precious about that shit like it's like you know it's going bad or if anywhere just like i forgot who i it's like i've heard some comics that i I, you know respect and some writers i respect early on when i was starting off because i think everybody's starting off with your comedy writer or comedian there you have this feeling like oh someone's gonna steal my stuff and i got stolen from i got stolen from some big people and i had somebody just say to me like you you when that happens it's just like fuck them write more like that's yeah. like, yeah. it's like, if you're, if, if one joke or slice is so precious to you, you're not writing exactly. it. Exactly. Like, exactly. And, and, and I, I, remember, uh, I really like, I heard that. someone, yeah, uh, I think it was Ken Levine or somebody told me one time, it's like, nobody's going to make a career in Hollywood off of one stolen joke. Like, yeah. you have to, you know, it's like, yeah, you might get, you could tweet something that you stole or you could present something that's funny, but you better have more shit to back yeah. up, you know, and. Yeah. Like Sandra Bernhard, one time I heard her like make a comment that, hey, there's more where that came from. You want to steal one from me? Go ahead. I've got a whole, you know, you know, filing cabinet full of full of shit. You can't just steal one joke and then make a, a career out of it. But I'm glad that you're doing that because like I've been on the fence about like wanting to release more clips but yeah, I think you got, I just figure like, what the hell? Like, it's going to make me write not? more I, because those meme people just take them anyway. I just had a guy in like some kids in like Wales or something. I don't know. I just heard like British accent. They sounded young and, uh, <laughs> and they're just telling a joke. And it was like the joke, it was the joke that they took of mine was verbatim in the joke. And I was like, Hey man, you know, you got, I saw you get like 5 million hits on this. That's pretty <laughs> fucked up. And and they were just like, fuck you. It was it kind of was like immediately like, go fuck yourself. I've never even heard of you. And I was like, right. Well, you did it verbatim, and it was in a pretty big movie. Like, it's not like, you know. What was the joke? Can you tell me? Yeah, the joke was I said, uh, I say women look at sex like buying a car. They're like, can I see myself in this long term? Is it safe? (laughs) Is it reliable? Could it kill me? And I say men, men look at sex like parking a car. We're like, there's a spot. There's another spot. Oh, I have to pay? Never mind. And the tag was handicapped. Hope no one sees this. So that's a phenomenal. What, and you said that was in a pretty big movie. What movie was that in? It was in Joker. It was right before Joaquin Phoenix went oh. on. But I'm like, you took you took a joke out of a pretty big movie. I mean, and, and they were just like, fuck you. You're a nobody. Like, if you're so pissed about. So this was like, we're talking about getting pissed about one joke. I was just pissed that they didn't acknowledge it. Like, if you want to be a thief, I at least get to shame you for it. I'm going to keep writing, but I at least. Yeah, this well, is I saw. I kept seeing it. I, people kept sending it to me on Instagram and TikTok, and these guys were like, "Fuck you!" So there's like but this wait, young. It was in the movie. The joke. This was. It in was the in the Joker. Joke, yeah, it was. It was in well, the movie. Well, at least I mean, you you have a pretty big fucking. <laughs> hey, fuck no, you, but it's just in... it's more like yeah. I just get annoyed with young people almost more than 
he yeah. almost more than comics because any comic knows it's wrong. Whereas like yeah. there's like young people out there just taking it now and, and they just want the instant likes without it's so right. much is that generation where they're like, we don't want to work for anything. We just want to build up a base. And yeah. they, they're like these curators of jokes they stole. It's so it's so weird to me. Uh, so that bothers me. I, I'm I'm not like I wasn't like losing sleep over, but I was like, fuck these guys, you know. Yeah, well, that's a, that's ballsy, man. That's like yeah. really like I I'm always shocked like when people will steal like a joke of mine like that is that like is already gone viral. Like it's like really like yeah you you're you're. you're you're gonna that's like okay cool because i mean i don't even have to alert them i mean the, you're, i'm sure your fans are the same way it's like the police will come out our friends or, yeah. or, or our fans are the police. i mean they'll yeah. hit them really hard yeah yeah, yeah. That, that's yeah, what but, is uh, great about social media is you you do have your fan base to go like i'm i'll get so pissed i'll see somebody just literally copied and pasted my joke you know it's like that's a hundred percent mine and then just as i want to say something i'm like you know, just be bigger, ignore it. And then I'll look and all the people that follow me are like, fuck you, that's Jenny's <laughs> joke, you piece of shit. How dare you still? I'm like, okay, good, I don't have to. Yeah, now I, I mostly just let that those people get pissed, but I'm also, because yeah. it's not like it's a it's a winnable fight, but because mm-hmm. no one respects the ideal, the, the ideal, the idea of intellectual property theft anyway. So it's not like a winnable fight, unfortunately, <laughs> but uh, I was like, maybe I'll just make NFTs so I can profit off. Like, I'll do an NFT of the joke they stole and try to profit off them. That'll be the idea. I'll, I'll use the nerd tactic on the nerds. That's amazing to make an NFT of a joke, of a meme. Like I was that, thinking of it. Okay, let's talk after the thing. I want to get involved. In this. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> so how did you, okay, Sam, how did you get started in comedy? Like, what was your... I'm dying to know your origin story. Like, where, yeah, I want to know uh, who, who I'm from, you love... Yeah, give us a rundown. Well, I'm from New York City, so I, w- I would go to the club sometimes, but I always, for whatever reason, steer clear of the comedy cellar because I was just so scared of it. And it's funny, I watched the Patrice O'Neill documentary last night, and I was like, this is why I was scared of it, is these dudes. <laughs> but uh, I, I would go to, you know, comic stripper Caroline's. I remember seeing David Tell at Caroline's, and it it changed my life. I still have the, the playbill that Attell signed in my what year room. Is what, what year are you starting yeah. out? I want to say it was like 2003 or four that I went. I probably started in 2005, but yeah, Tell, Tell was headlining. Big J Okerson was hosting, and Chelsea Handler was featuring. It was, I remember <laughs> the show, and Tell, I just thought he was a genius. I still do. I think he's the funniest person I've ever met. But so that was big, and then I just I started doing the mics, and they were horrible. But I, you have those friends who are like you're funny you, you, but the, you're funny to them because you have you can do like inside jokes you can do callbacks right. you, you have yeah, so okay. many you have so many yeah. tactics you could you could use but uh, winning them over in 30 seconds right. on a stage yeah so it took yeah, it like, took a minute and i like dark jokes so there were bombs early on where it was like it wasn't <laughs> just like they didn't like the set they were like we don't like you so <laughs> there was a lot of those so a lot of, a lot of handing out flyers for years on the street and a lot of that stuff and uh Wow. And and yeah, I went to school. I went to Tulane for a minute, but I ended up coming back to New York because wow. I, I wanted to uh, I wanted to do stand up. So it, New York starting in New York is kind of a it's kind of a blessing in a weird people always said come from a come from a small scene and then move to New York when you've got heat. But I've seen those guys. Sometimes I've seen them move here like Hannibal Burris and they yeah. just things go great. But I've seen other comics move and they were the guy in their scene and nothing really happens. You know, it, it's not guaranteed. So I would rather just in New York, people always say, well, they see you 
when you're weak. It's like, yeah, but you know, but you get so much. Yeah. It makes you stronger too. So I was, I was okay with that. That's where like, I, 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 uh, um, did stand up like briefly poorly. Um, (laughs) but I, I, I started when I was like, I was, I grew up in Jersey just outside the Lincoln Tunnel town called Livingston. And uh, when I I got my license at 17, I went into, I went to the comic strip and I did their open mic and I did, and, and like, I got passed there and I got passed at the improv. And this, this world isn't even a comedy seller at this point. This is because that's how long ago. Wow. But, Comic uh, strip though. That's all. Was it Lucian or no? Yeah, it was Lucian. He was very oh, okay. nice. I, my, 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 the very second time on like a Monday night at, you know, and I lied about my age and, but on a Monday to, to be there on Monday night. And I even brought a couple friends. It's like, yeah, I'm going up on Monday night. It's my second paying gig. And he's like, Hey man, you're going to, we're going to bump you. It's like, you gotta, you know, you can hang out though. It'd be, it's good comic coming up. And it was like only my second time on that scene as like to get the five dollars, basically, and it was Eddie Murphy. Oh and my it, god! And Eddie Murphy came on and did an hour, <laughs> and it was like that special, yeah. like the hottest thing at that point. And it was like, um, and I had to follow him. <laughs> wow! I'm, 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 you know, I'm. Seven. Were they cool to you? Sometimes they're cool though when when a really big name he, drops he, in because they, in they're and, like vacation is made, you know? Yeah, he, yeah, he was in and out, um, uh, and then the the audience was polite to me. But I was yeah. completely freaked out. Wait, did he do it? You said he did an hour. Yeah, he did an hour. I mean, after t- an that hour, happened to me the at the audience cellar. Is gonna like be like, whoo, shit, we just had. They were, they were, they were, yeah, they were, they were wild. And it wasn't like it was basically like it was. It was one of those situations where he came on a Monday night. It was like you know maybe half the house full, but. <laughs> Because he was doing an hour, enough people were telling, it was before cell phones, but enough people were like letting other people know, oh, Eddie's doing this. And so that it was started to fill, he filled it up in the hour and then wow. everyone was immediately leaving. And now that's rough. Yeah, but I, it was like, it was, it was interesting though. I mean, it was like to watch and said, oh yeah, this is next level. I'm not that. That happened at the cellar one night. It was Rock Chappelle. And for whatever reason, Chappelle never gets off early, but he knew there was another show. So he got off early. So they, they were like, Sam, do you want to go do 10 now? And I was, I was like, of course. Yeah, of course I want to follow Chappelle and Rock. It's awesome. To just yeah. And the crowd, of, co- of course, they got up, a lot of them, because they were just Mark. like, yeah, we're, is, it enough, is it Ray Romano? No? Okay, we're good. We can get up and pee. So <laughs> Ray, hold on. <laughs> so they, but they, yeah, but then once they settle, they're good. Sam, was there was there a moment in that because everybody knows that journey you go you go through where you know you're just you're grinding it out and starting to get better and you're building material and get more confident. But was there a moment when you're like, oh, this is the career? Like, did you like that? Like, I hit. I'm making. I can make some money at this. What was that for you? Huh. You know, I won this festival in Atlanta called the Laughing Skull Festival in like 2010, I think, and it was and it was probably like I don't know. I want to say like. 60 to 80 comics there, but it was 600 applicants or so. So I was like, all right, I made the 80, which I was happy about. You had to pay your own way, which sucked. I remember sharing a hotel room with a comic and I I made it out of the first round, like barely. I just barely made it out of the first round. Then I made it out of the second. And then I I won the third round and I don't think I should have. I think this Uh guy, Tom Simmons, had a better set than me to this day, but they went with me. And that just guaranteed me road work for like an really? entire year. Yeah, the pri- it was the best prize you could give a young comic because they were like, you will either feature, you will feature in certain clubs and you'll headline the maybe C rooms that we get you booked at. But I was like, headlining at that point was far to me. 24, probably 23 or 24. Wow, that's, that's heady, man. So that was, that was when I was like, oh, I, I'm working. And uh, 
And I did. I was working every. Some of the gigs suck, but then I, you know, I met. I remember I, one of the weekends was with like Mark Marin. I'm, I'm featuring from Mark Marin. I was, well, you know, so. And how was he to you? He was. He was a little rough around the edges at first, but uh, Let, it's funny. Be- I think I told this story. He, he ended up being really nice, but I, okay. I told. I just did his podcast and I told this story to him and I said, you know, first time I saw you, I was so intimidated by you because. He was wearing a fedora and sunglasses and smoking a cigar by the pool. And I was like, who is this guy? You know, I knew obviously I was a fan. He had a fedora. But yeah, it was such an intense look. I was like, this guy looks so intimidating. So uh, he ended up being really nice and, and cool. And we ended up having lunch a couple of days. But uh, yeah, some of those weekends were clubs that they kind of took a chance headlining me and they either liked me or they didn't. I remember one club, it was a good room. And they're like, you're not a headliner yet. They kind of just, they didn't say it, but I, I felt it. And, and then another room in Kirkland's, uh, it was weird. I remember doing this. I was so nervous. I don't think I had 50 minutes. So I was like literally every joke I've ever thought of. And I remember the guy watched my set and I got off stage and it went well. I was so happy. I was like, oh my God, I did really well. And, and the owner walks up to me and he goes, what the fuck was that? And I was like, what? And he goes, we're a family establishment. And I was like, I don't know what I said. I don't know what I did. And then I, did, I, I didn't know what to change. So I didn't have the material. So I did the exact same material the next night. And he comes up to me and he goes, you really pulled it together. And I was like, what are you? Ta- I don't know what you're talking about. You probably just dropped <laughs> nervous F-bombs. Like, I, I maybe. Maybe that's what you're like. I don't know. That's strange. It was so weird, but but he ended up booking me a few more times after. So certain clubs, they were like, you're you're in now. But I do worry, you know, it's it's tough. There's that weird period when you go from feature to headliner where clubs or middle act, I guess, for the people listening that don't know the the jargon. But uh, they don't, you kind of have to turn down some feature weekends because clubs would go, why would I headline you? You're featuring this club. And I have to be like, "That, that is true. Why should you up my pay if you know you could get me to feature? So you had to hold out for a minute. You had to like kind of massage those those B rooms and and work your way in. Yeah. I didn't have an agent. I was booking myself. Yeah. I and I it's funny. I heard stories about in the 90s you went to the Montreal Comedy Festival and you'd leave with like a $750,000 holding deal. By the time I went they were like you might get an agent. I was like, "All right, I'll take it." it no, I remember that was like uh, um I got God help us. I worked on her show. Uh, but, yeah, everyone's uh, leaving with like their own pilot and yeah, their own like, 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 like pioneer was like Brett Butler. <laughs> Brett Butler, like this guy, this guy David Tochterman saw Brett Butler at Montreal, and then it's like, okay, you're doing Grace Under Fire. And um yes. and, and boy, she ruined a lot of our lives. But um <laughs> well, uh, she was tough. Well, tough in the sense that like Hitler was tough. Um <laughs> mean was tough. Yeah, yeah. She uh Damn. I, I always say like uh a tenth as funny as Roseanne, but thirty times as mean and crazy. Damn, so, like, saying something. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Wow. Wow. Annie talking shit. That never. Uh, yeah, I hear she's better. <laughs> it was that was a, that was a that was a rough time for us. I, uh, I, God bless her. I hope she's doing better now. Sam, who was like, who's your influences? Who were the comics that like you love growing up, and who who are the ones you like now? Like, who are your? I mean. I could say the obvious ones because obviously I love Pryor, Carlin, Dangerfield was huge for me because he was just so like you couldn't look at him without laughing. So I love right. Dangerfield. I loved, I love ones that people wouldn't think. Like, I love uh, Search for Signs of Intelligent Life. I love Lily Tomlin. I love. That's, I uh, love that too, man. Yeah, she rules. That, I wouldn't think that with your comedy. That's interesting. Oh, dude, she just it's what's 
it's funny. Sometimes I remember watching a comic once and this, the booker turns to me and he goes, I bet you don't like her. And I was like, I was, cause I laughed and he yeah. goes, Oh, I wouldn't think you would like her. And I was like, it wasn't, it was some, I forgot the, who it was on stage, but I said, what do you mean? He goes, well, you're so different. I was like, you assume I only like people like me. Like what kind of narcissist do you think I am? Like I, I see stuff that I, I can't do. And I'm, I'm like, that's what I like a lot of the time. So, no, so that, I, those, I, I was more, I was more about your age, frankly, that it's like, so oh. like, 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 just like, that was like such of its time. And uh, yeah, I'm, I, I mostly like watching people who do something I don't think I can do. Totally. Right? You know, yeah. like, like that, that's like, I'm in awe of this particular kind of comedy you're doing because it's like in a million years, that joke and that bit would never have occurred to me. And I, that's so. how I feel because yeah, like someone like it's tough. You dabble between, or I, I, I go back and forth with, yeah. I love that. If I watch prior, sometimes I just think I can't do comedy. I remember I was really high in college and I watched uh, the Chappelle special. Fuck. What's it? Killing him softly. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and I remember watching it high and I, it was, I just freaked out. I, weed is not, it doesn't agree with me. I just started freaking out and thinking I can't, I can't do comedy. I was like, I can't do this because what he's doing is so foreign to me. That's how good he is. So. uh, It was self doubt. Um, we 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 just like it does not give me the confidence it it, it seems it's a performance inhibiting drug i would describe oh my There's god no way. Completely. Like if, if i had an edible or something like i could in a weird way sometimes i can write better jokes because i loosen up all the neuroses that i might have but there's no way i could perform <laughs> for people it, i don't I, understand how someone so can, many like, comics so do it i know I, there's I, no I, way i could do it I, I have to be in the upper. safe space. I, I, you know? I, I, I get I get performing on like an upper or something that was like getting right. but like the idea of like anything that's sort of like a depressant or slowing my brain down, it's like, oh no, I can't. I can perform drunk. I can't perform high. I, I and I'm not as good drunk, but I can I am on the late show if they're all hammered, I'll have a drink or two sometimes. And you're probably not drunk. I can't have a I'll have a drink when I'm yeah. on stage too, but that's just to like cut the edge, but I yeah, you, drunk. You, can't, you can't have a uh, one too many otherwise like I, I remember I was in Las Vegas at the Tropicana at the Laugh Factory that was within the Tropicana and I had shows like from Monday to Monday and there was three shows oh, on the word why do they do that to us <laughs> I don't know it, it's a like, week in Vegas no one a, plans for a week in Vegas at, that's at a Tropicana and I don't like and I'm not a Vegas person either so like yeah week, you have a soul yeah. So the last show, I mean, it was like the third show of the night. Everyone's hammered. I was having a few drinks like in between shows and on stage. And then I realized like, I'm kind of like fucking tipsy right now. Like I was on stage, like shit. And then I said a joke and I was like, I, I swear, I think I just said that already. Like, did I just say that joke? <laughs> because I've already said it twice on stage. It, it, like it fucked with my head that I started going like, oh shit. Uh oh. I need like somebody to get the hook, and I'm like, wait, did I just? And I just let go. I was like, fuck it. Did I just tell you all that? Do I need to? No, oh, we're good. Other <laughs> like, I I couldn't be even remotely buzzed on stage because that's that would be the. And it's goal. happened to me so many times because some clubs on the road used to do the three shows in one night, so you're doing three different hours, and by the third hour, I'd be like, you know, I I need a drink just to survive this. So by the third hour, I would I would definitely repeat a joke. <laughs> And then you just have to own it. You either say, I'm sorry, I've done two shows, or I just say, uh, or I just tell it a third time and see if it hits. You know, I just keep telling it to see how many, I don't know. So I'll just figure anything out, you know? What I'd say one thing that you do that I have so much respect for, because 
I, every time this happens to me, I feel like I get a little too nervous, but you crush at crowd work. Like every time I see you do crowd work, you absolutely destroy. <laughs> like, is that something that you like to do or is that? Yeah, I get bored with my jokes. As I said, like, I'll, I'll, I don't go in being like, let me do crowd work, but some comics will scoff at crowd work. And I've never been one of those comics. As long as it's, if you're trying to do it in an original way, I just hate the, the same, the same tricks. But if I get heckled, I'll roll with it. And if I, uh, if I'm bored with the jokes, I'll definitely talk to the crowd a little bit just to keep it conversational. So it doesn't feel like a, a completely scripted show they're seeing. I, most crowds, I think, need some engagement. Do you think that when like people heckle you, because I, I've seen your clips of <laughs> you doing crowd work and it's some of my favorite shit. I just wonder, like, in, is the audience going... I want to be insulted by Sam because sometimes I can't even imagine the shit that people shout out. And then you just, I don't know. <laughs> I don't like, know if people do that. I, I, I can't tell. My friend made that comment to me, but I, some people say it to me, obviously people just, I think sometimes they think every comedian's an insult. I never would think I'm like, I'm not an insult comic at all, but I, no. people, a guy, I was in the, I was doing a show yesterday and at the urinal, this guy turns to me, he goes, you better make people uncomfortable tonight. And I'm just like, like, like this. you're doing to me right now. Yeah, like, I'm uncomfortable. Yeah. Uh, but uh, some people, they, they think that's what I want. They think that's my goal is to, I'm like, no, I don't want to make, I want to, I've heard comics be like, I'm not an entertainer. I'm a truth teller. I'm an entertainer. I'm, yeah. I'm trying to make people laugh. I'm, you know, I'm not, I know I'm there to move drinks at the end of the day. So I'm not, I'm not getting some inflated ego. Uh, I'm a truth teller is a rough, <laughs> not, I, I, I've definitely been privy to a few, uh, Emmy speeches from somebody on the stage or something talking about, you know, this is about, you know, this isn't, this is a revolution uh, that we're doing here, you know, just like, <laughs> fuck you, uh, Amy. Like, you don't get to say that about your own work. Just especially for- in showbiz. Showbiz for people are so fucking phony. Oh, so, so I mean, like, like, you're talking about pitching shows to people. You're like, this is, this is not, I know you don't behave like this at home. I know yeah. this is a put on. I, so that's, it's tough. <laughs> it is tough really woke people i'm not one of those comedians who's like oh woke people but like really woke people yeah there is something that that is it's hard to entertain them because yeah like i'll, I'll do shows and it, it, it's become a cliche but i do shows in brooklyn and it's it's like there's a standards and practices in their head and they're like let me see if this <laughs> flies and then they decide it's okay but those crowds like at least i'll take road crowds because at least a drunk crowd i can do something with energy i can't do i can't do anything with the just hmm I can't yeah. do anything with that. No, yeah. The, the, the woke crowds are like the equivalent of like if my mom watching me at a dancing recital as a kid and she's just watching for the shit I could possibly fuck up. Like, does she not smile? And she's like the, the woke yes. crowd is just waiting to wait for the thing that they can get offended There's by. The They're not listening at all or watching the show. They're just waiting for you to say like, Ooh, did you just say, that's actually a racist term and you're like no it's not you just made that shit up like i know that's how i feel about the woke crowd is this just like so that's i I guess that's what but to answer your question though with the with the uh crowd work i like doing it because on the road they just kind of don't think they're just drinking and they're just laughing and it kind of feels like you stepped into a into like a portal or something and you went back to a time because i love doing new york comedy but there is there are certain rooms that get a little too, uh, they're like these, 
hipsters who are just too cool. It's it's not just woke. It's like they're kind of above it, and and you kind of want to yeah. be like you you came like you. Yeah, that's what I don't understand. Like comedy snob kind of thing. You know, it's yeah. a comedy club. How can you be that? I mean, I, I and I I also think like when people are like you said, like crowd work gets like a rap from like. From hipster comedians, they don't, they don't, they'll, 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 they'll be diminishing crowd, but I think it's just diminishing bad crowd work. I, you know, yeah. I, Todd Barry's that whole crowd. Oh work, man, that, yeah. That, that, that mean I thought I, what what, I laughed so hard at that shit, and yeah, good at it. You know, it's it's just because yeah, I, no one likes where you're from. You know, I, you know. I, and with no joke, like what I just so, did. Todd, Todd's a crowd work master, but if you ever tried texting with him, it, it's just like, hey, meet me on my block at this restaurant. I'm like, oh, I can't right now. You just made the plans with me this second. And he'll be like, ouch. And I'm like, you're the best crowd work comedian working, but that's that's what you get every time. Ouch. <laughs> he, he, had, he had one of my favorite tweets about like a, a, maybe two months ago. It's right in that wheelhouse, but it was like people, it was the comics. What's the craziest name of a place you've ever performed? And his was Sydney Opera House. <laughs> Just to brag That's that he's so funny. That's so great. Odd bar. <laughs> it just made me laugh. He's, my mom loves Todd Barry. She thinks he's hilarious. She's oh. uh, it's he's uh one of my favorites. I honestly his performance, he made his attitude. I, he's just like because that level of confidence. In that, I just like it works exactly. It's great. It's just he's no, he he's great. his albums are are great. I love all. I like listening to comedy, and his albums are just perfect for that because of his voice and because of his tempo, and uh-huh. he kind of there's this kind of jazzy sound to it. I love it. I do. <laughs> too. I get so excited if I just see him pop up in something I'm watching. Like there could be a movie. Like he gets some role that maybe it's something small, but I'm like, no, no, more Todd. I won't. <laughs> Every time I see Todd in something. He's so enjoyable. He's one. He was another guy, like people I listened to as a young comic with Todd, David Tell, Greg Giraldo, yeah. Chris Rock, like all those guys. I mean, obvious choices, but I mean, Greg Giraldo, man. Ed, Hedberg. Yeah. Oh, oh, yeah, Hedberg. Well, just for sheer jokes. Like, I, you know, he before I before him, it was like, I remember being like a kid and like a Stephen Wright would come on and just be like, oh, man, who are you writing these jokes? Like, how do you fill an hour? That's the question is like, it's, that's a near impossible style to maintain. Like, that's why I give so much credit to Anthony Jeselnik because it's like the guy just keeps putting out hours and he's doing that. It's those one liners. It's I've featured for him uh, a few times. And like, I mean, I just, I'm so enamored by the fact that he, cause he's just, it's like, see, just jokes. It's like set up punchlines, set up punchlines for an hour and it, it never misses, you know, it's just boom, 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 boom the whole time. I'm like, that is, that's like some in just complete endurance on stage that you're watching. Cause I'm more, you know, I get a lot more storytelling, which, you know, it's like that, I don't want to say waste time or eats time, but it takes a lot longer where Jeselnik's like for a full 60 minutes, it's just boom, 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 boom. It's incredibly I'm, I'm, impressive. I'm in, I'm in awe of that. So um, I was seeing, that you so you did America's Got Talent? Awful experience. Yeah. Okay. I, I was just desperate. I think I just needed what year was I, it? I was I want to say 2015 or something. I, I maybe 16. I really uh was desperate to just move tickets because it's just hard. It was hard at that time for me to get headlined. I, I had for a long time been getting my own dates, then I had an agency. 
And the woman was, I was at Paradigm and she was awesome. She hustled so hard, but she just didn't have really the clout to get, and I didn't have the clout to get me booked really. So that was, she had, they ended up folding their, basically their public appearance division. So I go to Innovative and these agents I had were so fucking rude to me. They would just write, I'd be like, man, this is really low money. And they'd be like, well, that's what you're worth. Like, what is this? What is this? Devil wears Prada? This is crazy. How you're talking to me. So then, uh, then I, they were crazy. One of them still pops up. I, two of them, I, that one was a manager now and the, yeah, they were the worst. They were rude. To, uh, two of my, few of my bet Mark was with them. They were assholes to him, Rachel Feinstein, some of my best friends. So it was like, and then I moved to William Morris and they were, they were good. That's who I'm still with, but they were like, we can't get you enough weekends because they knew I just wanted to be on the road every weekend. So yeah. I did AGT and it was a horrible experience. I remember being so, I'm, I get anxious, so I'm not good for that. I had already done last comic, which is a horrible experience for me. And then I get there, I'm at some theater in Pasadena. It's like 5,000 people and they're, they fuck with you because they want you to be anxious on camera. So they're like, right before I went on, they're like, are you nervous? They keep being, are you nervous? And, I, and I'd be like, yeah, I'm nervous, of course. <laughs> of course. And I could tell they want like, the judges, you could just sense their arrogance, kind of, except for Howie Mandel and and Mel. You know, it's really just Simon. Howie Mandel is such a nice guy, and 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 Scary Spice. I, I to this day, I think was a little bit flirting with me, maybe just for the cameras. But uh, so I go out there, and they five thousand people, and I'm just like, they can cut this however they want. I can look horrible. I'm. That's why I tried to give them nothing uh, off screen. I was like, maybe they'll just show my stand up. That's all I want them to see. I know it's like 10 million viewers. So I kill. I couldn't have done better. I kind of opened by just, they asked me questions about stand-up. They said, what's your worst gig? I told a story about get a guy spitting on me during my set. And I feel like they were like, we hope you do well. I feel like that was able to get me some goodwill. <laughs> oh, I, got a stand- I got a standing O. I killed. And <laughs> I've never gotten a standing O ever. Like, it's never happened. But so it's like, it, you know, it's a put on. But yeah, I killed. I killed. And even Simon was like, I didn't want to like you, but I did. I'm like, why? Why don't you want to like people? What's wrong with you? What, I, I got to be a Teletubby for you to like me. Um, yeah. Yeah, I love that. So you're, then I, so then you're I, getting here hosting talents. Like, look, I don't want to like any of you. They like, keep saying to you, they fuck <laughs> with you. You're, when you're waiting back to they go, Simon's in a really bad mood. I'm like, yeah, me too. I've been here 12 hours. He's got a fucking limo. And I, yeah. so I, I was like, what he are you talking about? a billion so then, fucking dollars and I'm sitting here shitting my pants and you're not helping. He's furious, like, this guy. So <laughs> then I, I go to the next round and the whole time they're like, we don't know if we're going to air it. And I'm like, I just got a standing O on your show after the hell you, you put me through. And it's like, and my mom is hilarious. I'm, I'm freaking out. I'm texting my mom. Like, I can't, I'm freaking out. I've been there 10 hours already. And my mom, my mom will say, just read a book. And I'm like, mom, there's, there's a snake to my right. There's a couple dancing mambo number five to my left. There's no, there's no, I can't just escape. I can't just pick up a book. So I end up going to the next round. They decide to, we'll, we'll air it, but they ended up airing it as one package. I moved in the next round and I, uh, it's a horrible situation. I'm really cranky. Uh, cause I'm in this hotel with construction. So I get like two hours of sleep and then I'm there for 12 hours and you know, they, they mess with you. They're like, I, there are other comics there. They try to get me to shit talk them. And I was like, I'm not, I'm not doing that. And then they try to get you to, you excited. If you win, you get to go to Vegas. I'd be like, I hate Vegas. Don't want right. to go to Vegas. I just want to get a few sets on TV. Finally, I get to the last round. It's like 12, you know, it's like tw- midnight. You know, I've been there for 12 hours and the crowd's exhausted. They're giving nothing. And I do, 
that set is online. I, I do pretty well. I, I, yeah. you know, I get like an applause break or two. I do pretty well. Uh-huh. And at the end, they're like, Simon's like, yeah, you were all right. You were better last time. And I'm like, they were better last time. I still fucking, it's, <laughs> it's been 12 hours, dude. So I ended up getting eliminated. Uh, this mime tape face, who's incredible. He's an incredible mime. Yeah, but I, it's, I, I, he I, moved I, on and they like pit us. I hate that they pit us against each other because I, I thought he was amazing and uh, super hilarious. I see him the next morning without the tape on his face. Uh, and uh, and he's like, he's like, oh, I really like you, mate. Yeah, you're, good, you're a good act, you know? <laughs> I was like, ah, tape faces are <laughs> got like a cigarette in his mouth. But uh, yeah, terrible experience. I was super bummed about it. And uh, I just, I just, I don't like reality TV. It's, it's painful for me because it's so... It's funny. It's reality. It's the fakest TV you'll ever yeah. see. I was going to say, it's the most unrealistic. It's all scripted. It's all predetermined of how things are going to go. There's no real reality. In it. I saw Howie Mandel in Montreal a few months later and, and Howie Mandel walked up to me and he goes, you really got screwed. You were really funny. And I was like, you're the judge. Did you, was there a, uh, did you get an AGT bump at all? I mean, did well, yeah, because they aired it and they aired it. They aired my first set and my second set together, I guess, to do like a package of me. So it was like a four or five minute segment and it's like 10 million viewers. So it was probably the biggest bump, like no late night set gets 10 million viewers. So oh, it felt cool. like three late night sets back then in one. So it was, yeah, it gave me a little bump for sure. Oh, but they're good. not loyal fans. They're AGT fans. They like they're they're with you for like a minute. You know yeah, they don't they, they don't stick around. Their keys in their face, and then they're yeah. like, "What? Something shiny?" And then they leave. Yeah, we, <laughs> we, yeah, we can't make your show tonight. We're seeing a sword swallower in the same in the same town. Sorry, yeah, brutal the guy, the Jeff Dunham guy. We want him. <laughs> yeah. Wait, you mentioned you mentioned your mom, and I had really enjoyed when you were running your material by your mom and posting videos of it. Is that yeah, something yeah. you do, like? I know you were doing it during the quarantine, but is that something you do in real life? Like, do you run? Yeah. Yeah. I'm really close with my mom. And uh, I'll, 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 uh, we talk on the phone all the time. So I'll run bits by her and she's, she's a great audience because if she thinks it's funny and I think it's funny, I'm like, all right, it's, I think it's broad. It's definitely going to hit. So, cause I want it to be funny to as many people as possible, but most important, I've got to think it's funny, but if it's funny to, you know, she's, she's got good taste and she's, I mean, I would listen to the, you know, I'd, I'd listen to Hedberg with her. I'd listen to, she loves jokes. So we'd listen to Hedberg or Stephen Wright, or she thought Dimitri Martin was really funny or uh, she loves Ryan Hamilton. who's one of my best friends. I just saw his special recently. Yeah. Yeah. So he's, I mean, yeah, she's really, uh, she, she likes a good joke. So I, I, I trust her with it. That's great. I, I just very much enjoyed watching you run material past her because i i talk to my mom all the time and i run stuff by her but she just doesn't know it i just make it like we're in conference because if i told her hey let me tell you this potential bit she'll start getting in her head about it but if i just am talking to her casually and i tell her something and she laughs i'm like all right make a note that worked okay because she's like the hardest audience of all time that's really funny that that's really funny that i feel like jim jeffries would never like i I, i've over him a few times i remember he would always he would never be like here's a bit with most comics i know be like hey can i run something he would just like he'd be like have you ever noticed this happens (laughs) i'd be like i think he's running a bit by me my mom was the opposite. Everything I said, my mom laughed. It was like the worst possible audience. I, I came out, come out from my my dad. I, my dad balanced it by thinking I was a complete piece of shit most times. So it was like I, it was, so I, you know, she, she filled the gap, but uh, but she was a terrible judge of like what was going to be like. I was like, oh yeah, this is killing with my mom. 
Yeah. <laughs> <Moms> <laughs> my mom thought like, it was funny. What the hell's wrong with you? But it's tough because it's like, what am I going to be like? My mom liked that joke. The only jokes I can't tell her are the ones about her. And then I'll tell her, I'll tell her those jokes afterwards just to make yeah. sure she's cool with it. But uh, yeah, she's usually, she usually is like, oh, well, what am I like a big joke to you? But she'll be laughing as she says that. So I know she's okay with it. That's yeah. Amazing. That's I always like I let my mom know after the fact if she's made her way into any of my material. But then she's such a narcissist. She's like, so am I just all is it all you talk about is me? I'm like, no, that's take it easy. It's not that That's so funny. People always whenever someone's like, I hope I don't make your act, I'm always like, I'll never think of this conversation with you again. It's always like some person like I talk to for like thirty seconds and like, hope I don't make the act. I'm like, I don't know you. What are you talking yeah. about? But then the, it's like the people that don't expect it. Like my mom never expect, but she's seen bits where she's been horrified for sure. <laughs> she's, I've definitely seen her. I, she was at my first album taping at the comedy cellar. And I want, I told this pretty salacious story and I watched her put her head down in like in horror. <laughs> and I'm like, mom, you're fu- I, I don't want to see your, don't sit up front. If I have to see your face <laughs> hating the joke. <laughs> Like, who was the person who stepped the audience? <laughs> like, she was, she, I guess she wasn't upfront, but she was close. She was in eyesight. It was enough yeah. that I was like, oh, I, I need her out of eyesight. Yeah. I, I, I wouldn't even want to know. I don't, my mom's never even seen me do stand up because if I tell her, I'm like, if you want to come, don't tell me. Just be there. Yeah. Just show up because it will be all I that think. That would freak about. me out, though, too, because I kind of, I don't want her to see me. If my mom comes, I don't want her to see me just dicking around with new jokes. I want, I want her to be like, oh, he's, he's still got it. Still got yeah. his fastball, you know? Yeah. So I've, she's, she's seen me bomb before. And oh. I think it's been, I remember she saw me once at Stand Up New York and it was one of the, that club just no one policed the room. So if you got a heckler, you better hope you shut them down and they understood that you shut them down. Otherwise, they weren't going to stop talking. So yeah, she just watched me go at it with a person for like 15 minutes and there was no resolution. It was just, it was just me arguing with them. And I was just like, you're just in a bar fight. (laughs) I was like, all right, I guess you want to get dinner now, mom. And she's just like, oh, that was unbelievable. Well, we're at the, we're we're at the point where we talk about on our show, we're talking about stuff that we've been watching. I know we've been hitting that stuff. Before we get to that though, is there anything like you, um, anything we can watch for you coming up or anything you want to promote or, um, where we can see you and hear your podcast, all that stuff. We'll link everything. I've got two podcasts. If you're into basketball, one of them is called Pod Don't Lie. I'm way too into basketball. So that's kind of where I get all that out. And then uh-huh. uh, there's, one, there's one called, uh, the other podcast is called We Might Be Drunk. And that's with Mark Normand. All the right. basketball ones with uh, Stavros Halkias, who's, who's hilarious. And then, uh, and then I have two specials that are on YouTube. One is uh, Up on the Roof, which is I shot during the pandemic. And the other one is uh, I Got This. And they're both from last year. And I'll try to get another one, hopefully, by the end of the year. But we'll see. I feel burnt out. I feel like I got nothing. So we'll see. Yeah, everybody afterwards. But as I, there's, I'm always convinced the last thing I wrote is the last thing I will write. You Isn't know? it crazy? It's you just, just feel... Like, you're never... The, your level of, yeah, it's amazing. You think you build confidence or a callus. I just never do. I always think like, ah, fooled them again, but that was the last time. Um, and also this pandemic has been just terrible for, for creativity because I'm not, I'm, I'm a comic. I need to be at airports and be traveling and, and ideas pop into my head. I can't just, I'm not JD Salinger. I'm not going to sit in a warehouse <laughs> or whatever and just, or like a barn and just crank out, <laughs> right. you know, lines. I need, I need, I need motion. I need right. motion. Well, we'll definitely link to those. We'll link to those specials and what anything you've been watching though on uh, um over the 
that you so much so much i well i just finished that QAnon doc on hbo i loved it uh, oh my god i haven't got into it yet i'm ready for him right i i loved it yeah it was it's just completely nuts and the the i like the i like the guy the filmmaker cullen something who made it because he's not it's it's so easy to just laugh at these QAnon people, and he's 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 playing ball. He knows what he's got to do to make this a movie and make yeah. it watchable. Because you got to some of these Q people. It's like they're in some of one of the signs. Though, they, they turned into like just being anti pedophilia. Because who the fuck is an anti pedophilia? Yeah. So one of the signs was pedophilia is not a sexual orientation, and it's like who the fuck is arguing that? I've never heard you're anyone like, make that argument. What it was. <laughs> no one no one says that so it's just these kind of like trick like you know these trick signs to get people engaged. Like somebody, i'm gonna take a big stand here against pedophilia yeah. i usually don't get political but i'm just gonna be like i am not for it. that's yeah. how it, it's almost it's almost easier to be a conspiracy theory nut than it is it's so easy to be like everything's bullshit it's so easy it oh drives God. me I'm crazy of them to go through life that's stupid it's just like it's fine it's like it's just like because you don't have to argue anything you don't have to believe it and I, and honestly i do pedophiles think about pedophilia as much as these people do it's like i i, I it's like it's it's just incredible and they only care but it but then when they actually somebody on their side is actually being accused of pedophilia yeah. they just completely ignore it They're, it's like right there Trump used to yeah. walk into kids changing at his beauty pageants. He bragged about it on third. <laughs> like, are you not concerned? No, you think that's more cre- less. Uh, he's credible? the leader. He's yeah. the leader. He's I like it. Uh, well, like with Jeffrey Epstein, when you know, like the right is like, look, look, here's a picture of him, Bill Clinton. You know, like, like yeah. The left is like, well, here he is with Donald Trump. It's like, no, they're both gross. Let's just say that. Yeah, also, <laughs> like, I feel like, like no one's defending Bill Clinton anymore. No. I feel like that ship has sailed. I feel like there was a yeah. period where people, but like, I feel like th- there's not a lot of people who are like, Clinton clearly is not a great human. No, <laughs> obviously he's not. <laughs> he's clearly not a good person. But that's like uh, always the argument I hear from the other side. I mean, like when I look on Facebook, I mean, I grew up in Texas, so there's a lot of, you know, when I look on facebook at people i grew up with and they're like well look at what clinton like that's the excuse it's like that's the automatic well trump did the, what about well, it? clinton well look at what clinton did it's like well we're not talking about don't we're also like they're like most of us are like okay cool like if, if, if they find out that he's guilty of this shit put him in jail now yeah. your turn now yeah. it's your turn now if you find trump you guys do the same thing like you don't yeah how about just uh, no pedophiles no it's gotta it's funny they're them. more they're more rigid than anyone they, it's so weird they they get one sign they're like it's all coming to fruition like the, everything we we picked but the but they don't realize that like it's like they're, they're the same as those people that are like the world's gonna end in 1999 right. the gonna end. you're the same as that religious nut job that you claim to hate right and and, and it's not that like it, it, these crazy conspiracy theories it's like if i i honestly if you are all if you believe that a guy like donald trump gives a shit about you and the working man like if you can make that leap you can't oh, yeah. believe anything that's the biggest conspiracy that's true. that is by far the craziest conspiracy that they believe is that this fucking new york trust fund asshole who doesn't give a shit about any of them who literally said go to the capitol i'm right behind you then hit out watch it on tv and laughed at you and if you think like he's on your side that's the nuttiest conspiracy. Yeah. I, I, that's much crazier than us all drinking baby blood yeah, that's true. Anyway, that so okay. I'm gonna I'm watching that tonight. What have, what have you seen, Danny? 
What have you got for us? Okay, this is like, this is going to sound like all hoity-toity, but I just started kind of good. Uh, I'm watching the uh, um, Ken Burns uh, Hemingway doc. I just heard oh, yeah. the first one. I heard it's amazing. I just read that article in the New Yorker about it where they, yeah. uh, where, I didn't know, yeah. I didn't like that. It's like the last line where they're like Hemingway wanted to be a woman or something because he was in love with Gertrude Stein. I'm like, what are you talking about? This is the wokest shit I've ever heard. No, it's it, it, it's 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 interesting. I mean, he's obviously like this incredibly complicated guy just based on the first one. But he was like, I don't know. He, he's obviously he's insanely talented and driven, but he was just like he was a. The, the, the first one they're just talking about, so his experiences in the war, he came back, it was horrible, but he completely immediately started lying and self-aggrandizing his, his, his heroism in the war, like right away, like in a way that like you understand, I, I, there was something I related to about like you're, you're getting adulation for that, you're a young man, you never want to go back, but he's a complicated guy. I mean, I remember, I mean, I'm a obviously a fan of his writing so uh yeah but it's, uh, it's fascinating oh he's, he's where the best. is that at? what's that on that's like the one that's like the one book you get when you're in high school where you're like yes you get what? so amped up oh, yeah like the sun also rises you're like oh, yeah oh my god that ending is so it's like I my know. favorite ending to a book ever where it's just it's just literally heartbreaking but also just kind of so Absolutely. I don't know. It's it's not over the top. It's just like no, a quietly isn't. heartbreaking ending. I love I love yeah, that. And, book. and they talk about how it's really based on a lot of the shit that happened while and his group of friends in Paris and after the war and um and there. But there's an amazing thing where there's a guy in their group. This I forgot the guy's name. A Jewish guy who was like part of their group and his fictionalized version is just like this like gross Jew like in, in, in Sun Also Rises is kind of like Cone is that is that Cone? Yeah, yeah, Cone, yeah. yeah. And it was based and it's like I, I, and I was so hard like is, so this whole time you just thought of me as the Jew? And it was like oh, and it was like holy shit. It's like talking about putting somebody in your act. I mean I guess that's always been a thing. You know, it's going that's in, amazing. You know, so uh, it, it, oh, it applies. So I'll, I haven't watched all of it. It's it's quite lengthy, but I'll, I'll check that well, out. It's on PBS, right? PBS, yeah. And the PBS oh, app. But, uh, for sure. Yeah, man. It's been a fucking pleasure having you Yeah, no, I love talking to you guys. This was fun. Yeah. This was so much fun. I really My lighting it. is so weird. Don't, the clips are just <laughs> fucking... No, you look gorgeous. Don't worry. Right. Yeah, you, this is it's going to look great. Oh, uh, yeah. Somebody just like <laughs> light me out. I look like pink. Uh, but... Uh, um, but yeah, but uh, thank you for having us, man. Thank for having us. Thank you for, for being part us. of our show. Yeah, thanks for having me. I appreciate it. Yeah, no, this is fun. Thanks, <laughs> yeah. thanks for sticking to me. And everybody, check out. Tell me when it. Tell me when it comes out. Oh, we will. Uh, we'll do. I'll send you the link and everything. Cool. Um, but we appreciate it. Thank you for coming on, Sam. And we'll thank link you all your specials and everything to uh, to the podcast. So thanks thank doing you. Thanks doing it, Nation. We're trying that out. We're trying it out. We're trying doing it. We're giving it a shot. And thank you, Guy. Thank you, Guy. Thanks, Guy.